Hi there, welcome to Mosaic Intercultural Church, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I'm the Executive Director and Pastor of Mosaic, and I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Mosaic, you can find us online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com. It's only been in the last, if you notice the prayer, um, the uh, online prayer t- uh, WhatsApp thing, right? You'll see that I've actually put work type request in there because work affects me a lot. Um, and if I had pain in my life, a lot of it's related to work. And so I'm thinking to myself, I've never really had people praying for me while I'm doing this hard work. And so um, it's been interesting because... Um, I've shared with you some. I've tried to tell you good things that have happened. I've told my 20-odd tenants, that are, any of them that have heard in that building where that guy's terrorizing and ripping the walls down <laughs> and threatening people and whatever, that, you know what, we've been praying the church for it. People have been praying um, to control this guy, and, and uh, it's a big deal, and, and we're at peace, and we think that that's of great value. You know, and some of us, you know, I'm just humorous about it, but I'm pretty serious. You know, I've been trying to retire for a while, and I have to sell these buildings in order to do it. Um, and you'd think in this marketplace it'd be easy, but not anybody, not too many people want to do what I do. So um, we were praying, and I gave that request, and you heard my phone ring, didn't you? <laughs> Silly me, I forgot to shut it off. Well, the phone call was, sorry, Norm, give me a call when you have a minute. Need to schedule a viewing uh, for Tuesday. I have also have a client who wants to offer, make an offer on both Burwell and Central. So that's uh, that's 25%. That'll be the next 25% of retirement. So was that you know was that God just answering that quick? Well, the truth is, I see that he has he's in control in a bigger picture. Over time, we are able to look back and say, 36 years ago, um, Dave's parents took a chance on us, young couple. Um, to rent their house. So um, we think that's fantastic. Um, Forty years ago, um, I had a friend who uh, lent me a lot of money uh, with me and no money down to start my business 40 years ago. And at that time, I said, oh, this has got to be a God thing because I should have never been able to buy all those buildings with $5,000. You shouldn't be able to do those things, right? And I shouldn't have survived either. So the thing is, I know that it's a providential thing. It's a God thing. And the truth is that um, I feel responsible, considering that I think we, you know, you're probably tired of this joke, and Gloria's tired of it, but she's the only one here that's older than me. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, the, the truth is that um, I have a responsibility to share with you the things that have meant the most to me in my walk with God. And I'm just so thankful uh, that you chose to be with us this morning. Maybe if you're like me, now it's kind of hard because we're having church right at my house. I can't sneak away very easy, but there's that choice when you get up in the morning and sometimes it's a battle. Sometimes it's a spiritual battle to come and worship to God 
pray. That prayer time, the time of people discussing, talking, uh, things, Steve, speaking about what's in your heart, data, things in your heart, caring with one another. This is what the body of Christ is really and truly about. And this morning we are experiencing that, and what a joy that is for me. So what I feel I've been thinking about for quite a while is we had this study, for those of you who didn't know, we uh, Andrew led a study in Ephesians um, for, what, six, seven sessions or so. Um, and I loved it. And the reason I loved it was I hadn't read Ephesians for a little while, and I had started to notice um, that... Now, this is a Bible. For those of you who are a generation, this is a physical Bible. I, I know that your Bible looks a lot more like your phone, maybe. Oh, I'm good here. You're good. I just need to change yep. your microphone. Okay. Technology. Thanks. He's a pastor. He knows how to do those things. <laughs> All right. So, um, so this is a Bible, just in case you hadn't been referred to it. But um, So one of the things I started really, really early was when I was really young, I thought that this was a, a, a holy book. It is a holy book. Um, and then I remember seeing my dad's Bible and realizing, oh, I should mark in this thing, right? Because it's, it's the word and the truth that's in there that's holy, not just the ink, right? So for those of you who can see, yellow is my highlighter preference. And so what we're reading today over here is highlighted. And as we went through that study, I started to remember things that were really meant something to me in the past and actually mean something to me today, but I'd let some of them go. So I'm kind of excited that I had a ch this chance to share with you something in Ephesians. Um, I even really like next week's topic, but David's going to do that one because I'm going to be away. So one of the things that I've learned is that God wants you as an individual and as a group to be amazing. He wants you to be purposeful. He wants you to be successful, ambitious. He wants you to be joyful. He wants you to be fulfilled. He wants you to be a wise individual engaging fully in all that life has, that life that he has for you. And the truth is, sitting here um, looking at things, if you're a little younger, is I'm thinking to myself, guys, you have no idea what's available. What is there? Maybe you don't. Um, I'm going to ask you today. We're going we're to talk about how to become wise. So let's just read. We're going to read uh, Ephesians. It's in your folder. You can Google Ephesians 5, um, 15 to 18 even. That's amazing, really. I think that's amazing. Um, I also Googled, by the way. I was trying to be relevant. Um, <laughs> Then I found out that Google massages everything, and probably, you know, they send me what I want to hear. But um, I did Google how to become wise. So I, I'd love you all to just try that and see if we'll see what, whether Google's messing with you or messing with me or whatever. But I thought it was amazing. Six out of the first seven things that I read told me to go read the Bible, right? So I thought to myself, oh, that's good. And when I was a young man, I wanted to read about success, you know, how to be a businessman, blah, blah, blah. I started reading this stuff, and I was I'm not sure if I should be reading it, you know, under my pillow at night, kind of like, you know, how to become this, that, whatever else. And I remember coming out saying to my dad, these guys are stealing this stuff all out of the Bible, right? Jesus' teachings, right? You've got to be a servant of all. You've got to take care of your clients and your customers, like Jesus does. So don't bother that guy's book. Just read this one. So 
That was a funny little, little, little uh, revelation, if you will. So Ephesians, I'm going to read it out of the true real Bible here after I find it. The one that, you know, just a little portion. We're not, this, this, this book has got so much here. This verse, this chapter has got so much here. I, I really am going to focus, and we're going to focus on this. Therefore, yep, it's there for a reason. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, let me stop for a minute here. Um, the uh, Apostle Paul who wrote this and myself are going to uh, steal wildly from Jesus and his methods. Um, and his methods are things like telling stories, parables, um, things like uh, object lessons, comparisons, and so on. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually learning from Paul, really, but... Um, we're going to try and do that. And so what Paul does here, a lot of people read this. When I was a young kid, it was, don't drink, you know, don't get drunk. And, and you know what? Honestly, there's real good reason not to get drunk. It's pretty clear. Um, most of us know that. Um, and it says here, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. What I believe is happening here is that this, Jesus, when you, you read his teaching, he would use agriculture, he would use fishing, analogies and stories, right? So he sometimes talks about our flesh, this body that's deteriorating. It's a bit like grass, right? The sun comes up, it withers, you know, that kind of idea. And we all know the fishing illustrations, right? There's so many. talks about us being fishers of men, caring for one another, right? So he used things, because he was talking, you know, the people said, oh, show us a miracle, you know, show us something really amazing, like, you know, like rocket ships or something, you know, or, you know, space stuff. What's going, you know, tell us stuff. And what did he say? He said, well, I can't explain to you about things that are here on earth that should be easy. How am I supposed to complain, explain to you about things that are really, really hard? So he, he used illustrations. And so I believe that what Paul's doing here is he's probably taking a, a technique from Jesus, and he's using alcoholism, drinking uh, and getting drunk. And you know what's really cool about that? If I give you guys an agricultural illustration, how many people are farmers? Probably... Uh, I mean, David owns a farm, but he's not a farmer, really. You know, so I mean, who's a farmer? I mean, you all live in the city, right? And um, so it's kind of hard. Like, it doesn't really mean a lot. You don't have the sweat of digging in the ground and seeing it grow and, and caring for the buds and all that sort of stuff. So those things don't mean an awful lot. But this illustration, there's probably not one of us here that doesn't know that drinking and getting drunk and getting addicted to alcohol is a bad thing. It's a great way to get poor. It's a great way to lose all of your friends and relatives. It's a great way to lose your job. It's a great way to die early. And if you do not believe that, I will give you many illustrations, because I've been a landlord for 40 years, and I have uh, run people's, Pastor Andrew even, ran, helped me run uh, some tenants' uh, funerals. You know, got to know their families. And, and people that live that lifestyle, they tend to die in their 50s and 60s. Once in a while, you'll get somebody who's really tough and they might make it into their 70s and they suffer. And the truth is, it's debauchery, this incredible word, which nobody ever uses today. But briefly, it it's really just means kind of losing control to get some pleasure. 
and do it a lot. So, you know, it's like, well, let's get drunk every weekend because, you know, that's, you know, things, uh, you know, you all run into people with that, right? They, they want to drink a lot and they, they forget their worries and it's some kind of self-medication solution. And in, so, in, social, in the social world, it looks like a lot of fun. And, and to be honest, I, I understand it can be a lot of fun. <laughs> Personally, I haven't had the pleasure. I would just get sick. But um, um, there are those that really, this is a lot of fun and it's something to give up. But ultimately, if you follow it down, you do end up um, destroyed. And it's something that is designed to hurt you, not to help you. And so he says, so what he says here is he said, so don't be foolish, but understand the Lord's will is. That's something. But don't get drunk with wine. Don't be doing these dumb things. Don't be doing things that tear you down, that's going to ruin you, that's going to wreck your life, and going to wreck the life of all those around you. Good advice. And we are pretty much, I think, all understand what that means. Instead, lovely word, instead, put in the place of, get rid of, and even though you feel empty without that every weekend doing whatever it is or however it is or every day or every morning, Replace it. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So here's my problem. I recall the younger man particularly. How on earth am I supposed to be filled with the Spirit? How on earth am I supposed to know, not be foolish, because when I'm a young man particularly, <laughs> I think uh, foolishness was sort of a, a go-to. <laughs> um, my dad certainly thought so. <laughs> um, uh, but I understand what the God's will is. Well, you know, like how do you flip that switch? And, and the truth is, flipping the switch um, is really not flipping a switch. It's challenging. It's a process. And if you've developed a career, you realize it's a process of going to a lot of school and a lot of training and a lot of experience, and finally, you become somebody. I think, Alinda, going back to school, you're at least as old as me, aren't you? Sorry, joke with a friend. Um, she's much younger. But still, you know, go back to school, change career, develop her nursing greater, right? It takes a lot of effort. It's a process. It's a process. We just need to engage that and look at it as a process. If you want to be successful quick, Jesus doesn't recommend it in any way, shape, or form. It's a process, and it's what the Holy Spirit does. And it teaches us ultimately to be like Jesus. And pretty much, then we die. So... It's a process. And you know what? It's a process that I'd like to start right now. And the reason is, is that I don't know all of you, and I don't hang out with all of you. Some of you I know quite well, and i got a pretty good idea. Some of you I have no idea. But if you are at all like me, and a lot of people I know really well, um, it's never too late to start on a path. If you've slipped off the path, or if you've never been on the path, let's get started. This is an exciting moment. Because today what we've seen, I don't, know, I, I don't know if you've had a sense of the Spirit being here, that God is working in the lives of people as they gave testimony. When you listen to the songs, uh, when you look at nature, God is talking to us. And he truly does want us to be successful in this life. He wants us to be like Jesus. He wants to draw us close to him. And the truth is the materialism, whatever it is that you kind of get really off on, uh, will rot and fade. And so this morning, we're gonna, I'm going to share with you uh, a couple. I'm going to highlight two things. There's so many things we could do. But I'm going to 
highlight two, two things that um, I hope will challenge you to either get started or get started again on the chasing, chasing after wisdom. You know in this world you go to school um, and you uh, learn a lot. And then I got a bit of humor because I didn't go to post-secondary, so I thought, ah, you know, I got this, I got my PhD in the school of hard knocks, you know, in business and whatever, and learn all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my excuse. Now my excuse is I just have to pull up my phone and ask a question, and I can know everything. So anyway, I, I, my point about scripture though is that it talks about knowledge, and knowledge is important. You need to know what you're doing, what's going to happen. But knowledge, just on its own, um, it needs its friend wisdom. It needs its friend wisdom because you have the knowledge, maybe you have the power, but you don't know what to do with it, and you don't know how to use it in an amazing way. Today we heard about people where God has been working in their life. Those are things where we just do the process, we do these practices, we give our heart to God, we talk to Him, and He does the rest. And sometimes He answers really fast. <laughs> from my real estate agent, maybe, um, in things. Or, and other times it takes a lifetime. But we count on his ultimate wisdom. But we need to align ourselves with his wisdom. So I'm going to oh, Sorry, I've got to turn this way. Um, I'm going to uh, humor me, humor me. I'm going to use an illustration because Jesus used illustrations. And he even did, um, uh, he even did uh, object lessons, kind of like in Sunday school or wherever. Um, and, but the idea is that wisdom, and understanding wisdom and doing well with it, is we need practices. And um, one of the practices that we need to do is remember. But the tools are important. So for instance, what tools you use and how you use them is important. So this is a, a level. Um, if you're thinking about building a house, um, I should have David up here. He, he's a house builder. I'm just an amateur. But the truth is that um, your house has to be level. If you don't use this tool and make your house level, it's going to tip like this. It's going to tip like that. None of the doors are going to close. The windows aren't going to shut properly. Um, it, it'll be horrible. It'll just be an awful house. Um, but it, it needs to be level. Um, you need the material. This is a two by four. It's actually one and a half by three and a half, but it is a two, call it a two by four. For those of you that are gonna hold me tight to that. Um, I would say virtually every house that you live in is actually not built of brick. If your house is brick, it's not really built of brick. It's built of two by fours. And the brick is just a siding. So you uh, need the material, you need the insulation inside, you need the brick or the siding or whatever it is you're going to put on the outside. On the inside, you're going to put the drywall. And um, your materials need to be good. Uh, your tube floors need to be reasonably straight. If they're not straight, you have a problem. And it throws the entire house out. So the tools and the materials are really important. You're going to need a, a hammer that's going to uh, put the nails that makes that piece of plywood turn into a house rather than just be a piece of plywood. You're going to need a screwdriver, maybe different kinds. A screwdriver is going to be used for putting the windows in, the doors in. You screw them in. And um, 
you got to buy good materials. You have to have good people doing the labor. That's you. Um, otherwise, you have a mess. It doesn't work. We live in a culture that has a little tendency. Well, listen, you know what? I've got to tell you, I've got a new best friend. Let me just put aside here. I've got a new best friend. Her name is Sarah. And Sarah is not sure if she even knows why she's my new best friend. Sarah is my new best friend because last week I was talking to her about the fact that I was going to do this little talk. And she remembered what I said last year. You are my new best friend. She remembered that we talked about shame. And we know that there's cultures and there are individuals. That shame is a lie from the pit to make you be unproductive, for you to have bad material, bad process, bad tools in terms of living through life. Shame needs to be rejected. Another problem that we have in our culture, and this, particularly if you've been here a few generations, um, it's actually more, a little more like, um, uh, I, I'm independent. Uh, I have the knowledge, I have the skills, the equipment, I do very well, I have a nice car, I have a nice house, I have nice kids, um, everything's nice, and I'm a good person, I don't rob, I don't do those things, I really, ultimately, don't need God. I don't need things like confession. I don't need humility because I'm very good at what I do. And that is very much a Canadian, American idea. And so um, God would say that's bad tools, bad equipment. But Sarah did a key thing. She remembered. Because if you learn that shame's a bad idea and you say, I need to put that into my life, and then you forget, it's not worth much. So this is going to be a simple message because my goal is, is that you are going to remember. In scripture, it's kind of interesting, I started talking about this memory thing because it's, it's kind of a favorite, if you hung out with me, you'll hear about this just because it's a favorite thing for me. But Google, uh, said that it's in the Bible 77, 71 times it talks about remembering. God says, remember the day of your use. Remember the commitments that you had. Remember God's word. Remember, remember, remember. Remember what God has done for you. It's easy to go and not remember. My favorite illustration of that is Joshua. And uh, Joshua, <coughs> um, after the children, you know, they went across the uh, river, Jordan, into the promised land, and now everything was milk and honey sort of thing. Um, what did God tell him to do? He said, get a bunch of people, collect rocks out of the river, and pile up a nice pile of rocks. Okay? Nice pile of rocks. And it was to be a memorial so that generations would tell the story of God's faithfulness. We don't know where God ever parted the waters again. But to this day, we are telling the story of God's faithfulness to the children of Israel. And they tell it themselves. Um, and so this is a remembering. This is important. We need to remember what God has done. Um, my next tool is, is actually found uh, in James uh, 5. And you can Google that, because I don't have it printed out for you. Um, I don't know if you can highlight in, in, uh, on electronic Bible. I'm not that slick. Maybe you can do that. But I'm highly recommending that if you actually have a physical Bible to uh, get in there and mark it all up. It's, it really, it's, it's, uh, 
it, it's worth doing. So James chapter 5, quick little verse there, gives us uh, the second tool. So the first, the, the, I want to leave you with the idea of remembering. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But the uh, <clears throat> other tool, among many tools, is this. James, sorry, 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, we're trying to figure out how to get wisdom, right? What do you do? Ask. <laughs> oh, this is hard, I tell you. This is really hard. He should ask God. And some would say, you got to be kidding. I can't talk to God. He doesn't give me anything. I haven't benefited me. It's all those people. Well, he says that he, you, he, lacks, he should ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. So we just need to ask. When I was a little kid, I, uh, when, I was, when I was about, I think about my little kid, sorry, sorry, I apologize to anybody who's that age, but about 14, um, <clears throat> I couldn't read the King James Version. That's all I had. I couldn't read it. I used to cry. I go, Scott, I'm, a, I'm supposed to read this thing and memorize it, and it just doesn't go for me. That's the old English version, right? I remember great frustration, huh? And I had a faith. I, I, it was pretty clear, but I couldn't read this thing. And um, I just kind of felt like maybe I was missing something. I wasn't that bright, maybe, you know? Um, <laughs> since then, I found out a lot of people had a hard time with that. But um, I, I really felt uh, inadequate. And um, so uh, there were some things I'd be taught in the class, but mostly not. And I felt inadequate about that, which is really common around 14, feeling really inadequate. And uh, I remember uh, coming across this verse here. And I said, Lord, I want to have wisdom. If I at least can't compete with everyone else, memorizing stuff and you know, speaking and understanding this study, um, sounds to me like you'd like me to have wisdom. So I asked for that. Now, that's a little iffy for me to tell you that and say, well, did I get it or not? <laughs> well, the truth is there's been great incidents of God giving me wisdom that was well beyond anything that I was inside of me. And so... I'm very, very thankful for that 14-year-old boy that felt convinced. But that wasn't the 14-year-old boy. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to the 14-year-old boy, asking. See, we, our job is to ask. Our job isn't to, you know, try and be the smartest guy in the, on the turf. Um, our job is to ask. And so, um, well, uh, I'm going to do something that some of you will think is anal. And that's okay. And some of you think I'm coercive, and that's okay. But the truth is, is I want you to be Sarah next year. Top of this class. A, stars. I'll get the stars later. Remembering how you're going to become wise. And so I'm going to share some tools with you. Um, my favorite tool, as a matter of fact. Anybody know what that is? This is a official... Bible dry highlighter. This you can mark your Bible with, and it won't soak through that fancy paper. I got a different one for you. I've only bought 25. My, my faith wasn't that great. <laughs> so, so 
what the idea is, there's got a little tab on here. This is really, really manipulative. I know. I mean, it really is. But, you know, when you get older, you can do things like that. You just act on him and they say, ah, he's just old. For reading and highlighting Proverbs. So, here's what we're going to do. The first, let me, let me just read this quick. Whew. The reason that we wanted, the challenge for you is to take that highlighter and to use it in the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs, look it up on Google. You'll find it, no problem. <clears throat> right behind Psalms, just go like that, and you'll get either Psalms or Proverbs for sure. So if it's Proverbs, Psalms, you just flip over to Proverbs. Um, here's how it starts. There's 31 verse, 31 chapters. It starts like this. For attaining wisdom. Not difficult. <laughs> for attaining wisdom and discipline. For understanding words of insight. Words of insight, it's kind of wisdom, right? For acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. And that's the Lord spoken. The truth is, Proverbs is full of how to, what to, what to believe, what to think. And it isn't all idealistic in the sense that there's this gigantic standard to, uh, oh, this student gets a pink one. Oh, there you go. Huh? You're good, you're good, you're good. Uh, so, some, some of you guys I, I know a little while you don't have things. Have you got a highlighter? Do you have one? No, you don't? Do you have a highlighter? You have one? Good. Would you like one? Sure. There you go. Um, if Donna's got more, so... Do you have a highlighter? You have a highlighter. I bet you have a highlighter. Do you have a highlighter? No. Is she allowed to mark in her Bible? Uh, sure. <laughs> She's allowed to mark in her Bible. That's good. So here we go. So um, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. It's your phone. <laughs> she has one. Yep, yep. Um, so. So the idea is with 31 chapters, there's 31, did I give you one? No? Good. Oh, do you want yellow? You want yellow probably. Did I give you one? No. Do you want pink? Do you want yellow? Yellow's good. Do you want to finish those? All right. So the idea is 31 chapters, and you could do it in a month. You could do it over a year. The issue is you're going to do, you're going to start. The idea is to start. So why are you mucking up your Bible? You're not mucking up your Bible. You're saying, this is some truth that God is showing me. You don't do the whole darn thing because it doesn't really help. But you pick the moments, and if you look at my Bible, you can look at it later. There's little spots where I've got yellow. And I come back year after year or not year after year, or decade after decade, whatever. I read it again. Oh, the Lord taught me that. <laughs> you know, or something's gone really well in my life, and it's like, huh, that's why. That's why. Because at certain time when I read this before, I listened to what that said. And then what happens is the Spirit, remember it says, be in the Spirit. This, we ask the Spirit, and the Spirit will bring circumstances and opportunity to use that truth. 
So later on when you review it, right, this is important. You remember that you read that. And then you saw the Holy Spirit do that work in you. Or even better yet, someone says something very positive to you about that topic. And you sit there and go, you feel a little red face. You think, oh, I did something good. You know, like, I'm not that good. You know, you go back, you read that, and it puts it together, and you say, this is God doing work in me. So you're going to ask. When you sit down to do this, you, um, you ask for wisdom. You ask for the ability to actually get and pick up the Bible pick up the highlighter, sit down, and actually open and read it. That's the hardest part. Remember I was alluding to the idea of I was impressed people coming to church, right? You're making choices to get there. Sometimes, you all know it. It's, I, all my life, it's hard sometimes to get there. It's just like there's something holding you back. Same thing. So we ask for the wisdom. We ask for the empowerment to do the reading. Um, we read for the knowledge. Remember, we have to know. But instead, we have to know what it says. We have to, you have to understand. So if you don't read the thing, you aren't going to get, you aren't going to know. So you need to read for learning. And then you're going to listen. You've asked the Holy Spirit to speak. James says that he will tell you, that he will deliver to you. And so you do it. And if you kept reading it, it says you have to do it with faith, not wavering, not like waves all over the, everywhere. You have to um, uh, have faith. And then you listen. You listen. And then you also resolve to do what it says. You say, I'm going to put this into practice. And then, in the future, you remember again. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for all of these people here. Lord, I just know that you know each one individually. You know their uh, strengths. You know their weaknesses. They know whether they know who you are or whether they are here to discover who you are. Father, you know the needs of each individual right here. And Father, I find that to be phenomenal, just fantastic. And Lord, I thank you for the examples of seeing you show up in people's lives when I was not even paying attention. But you were paying attention. And so, Father, I pray that you would um, bless the folk here. Father, I pray that you will bring to their memory this talk. Bring to mind, if it's your desire, and they, well, we know it's their, your desire, but, Father, if it's their desire that they, with their will, to give it to you, to learn from you, wherever it is in Scripture, they don't have to read Psalms. But, Father, I would strongly recommend it, and, Lord, I just pray that you um, would take the truth in Psalms, that it wouldn't sit uh, in this printed Bible. It wouldn't sit wherever it is on the, uh, on the great wide web. But, Father, that it would be in phones, it would be in Bibles, and ultimately, Father, that it would be in our hearts. And, Lord, that the world would know that you are the one true God. Father, we thank you for listening to us and knowing who we are. And what you're going to do with this, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a sermon podcast from Mosaic Intercultural Church in London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Andrew Karam, and I want to thank you for joining us. 
If you want to find out more about Mosaic and about the work that we do, please check us out online at www.mosaicchurchlondon.com. Thank you.